Well, I was going to say, like, if you, these things are all very well if you are, like, kind of hardened gym rat anyway to start with. But even then, like, in, yeah. in your case, like, if you're saying that, you would have been in that position of being, like, great condition and, and PT and Aye. all the rest of it. And if it's doing that to you, then what what's it going to do to, like, just guy off the street going, oh, I'm going to give us a bash. This guy seems pure jacked. Maybe I'll be like that as well. And, Again, I, I don't know anything about the guy. I've just kind of had a quick look on Instagram there. It's a big dude. Um, but in good shape. He's kept a lot of muscle mass. And it's... Yeah. But again, like if he's coming from a military background, do you know what I mean? They'll be doing uh, hundreds of that sort of stuff in their PT and stuff like that. Presumably, if he's yeah. in the, looks like he's in a Marine. In the, looks like he was in the Marines, right? So you got to think they're uh, going to be doing tons of that stuff anyway and have that mentality to just yes. do it Welcome to Gains and Pains with Scott McLaughlin and Colin Gibbon in association with Just Train and a ton of coffee where we get together each week to talk health, fitness and some absolute nonsense. <laughs> so it's like seize the moment, crash. Hiya, crash. go, finish your story. Bonjour. Hi, pals, we're here. <laughs> Scott's mid-story and a press record. Carry on. Ah, uh, so, Big Bill. Hi, Bill. Big, no, Big Bill, Big Bill. Hi, Big Bill. Big Bill. I don't, I don't know Bill. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, Bill, Bill says thanks very much for the shout-out last week's episode anytime uh, he's definitely up for, he's definitely up for a whiskey and just um, podcast interview <laughs> well, we need to make, we need to organise a night for that to make it happen <laughs> not like a Tuesday morning that would be good <laughs> well no aye <laughs> we're not working so it might, might it's not the worst ideas hi mate I am all about the day drinking just now it's the best <laughs> I tend not to carry it on into the evenings. I just have like, I don't know, a couple of cocktails before dinner. Maybe a wee beer uh, after and then I'm all good. Maybe a pair of teeth. Yeah, yeah man. It's great. Day drinking's um, the best. But Bill's been following this guy called Iron Wolf. Right. You can check him out on Instagram or YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of army dude and it's all about bodyweight training, calisthenics and stuff. And he's really enjoying it. And this guy's doing like... One training session on a day will be like maybe a thousand burpees. Bad start, but carry on. Yeah, but yeah, bad start. Straight away, I'm like, whoa. Uh, but Bill's doing like a hundred burpees a day and stuff, and he's saying he's getting really good results with it. And right. kind of what I thought we could talk about that this week. Right, okay. And uh, I'm like, I mean, uh, straight off the bat, multiple burpees, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. sounds horrific. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, this will be me talking to myself for the next Pretty hour. Pretty much, man. I'm just going to go make another coffee and get a biscuit. Right. <laughs> um, so, the kind of like the pros and cons. Is it good? Is it bad? What are your thoughts on it? Pros and cons in terms of what? Like doing... Of doing the kind of mega high volume bodyweight like training. Like high volume stuff as opposed to just general bodyweight stuff for that guy in particular. Um, yeah, just the kind of pros and cons of like doing... Like a hundred burpees a day, or five hundred burpees, or a thousand push-ups and stuff. Right. Okay. Cool. 
Who wants us to discuss that? This right. is the first time I've really put, put you on the spot with a topic. Me? Really? I, I'm just, I'm the, I'm the everyman on this show though, mate. Do you know what I mean? You're the brains. I'm just here to interject. You're Switzerland. Nominally, I, <laughs> You're I'm, Switzerland. Just gonna, I'm just here to play devil's advocate, set the fence and eat chocolate. Um, I mean, from my point of view, you know, you know all too well my feelings on high rep exercises. <laughs> I'm not no, a no, fan. Let's rephrase that. I know too well your feelings on anything above three reps. I'm alright with five. Five's fine. Yeah, five. It's a five. Five to five, mate. You can handle five. The moment we go to six to eight, you start to get a wee bit grumpy. It gets a bit. Yeah, it's diminishing tons after that because I start to just hate myself and you. Um, Mostly (laughs) you. You start to sweat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean. For, for me, again, personally, I'm not a, a massive high-rep, high-volume guy, but that's mostly because I'm lazy. <laughs> um, I, I suppose it, it depends on what you're trying to do, doesn't it? If you're trying yeah. to... I don't know, man. It would depend on the exercise as well. I, I genuinely don't see the need to do a thousand burpees in a day. I think that sounds excessive. I don't see the need to do a thousand anything in a day although like i think when you get to like silly numbers and again I, i'm just speaking as like joe public here right i'm not a fitness expert um yeah. i think when it gets to silly numbers you're just doing it to say that you can do you know what i mean surely these things have an optimum number of reps or sets or whatever before that you're just you're just wanking do you know what i mean does that make sense huh? Did you say it before you're just wanking? Yeah, I mean metaphorically, not physically. <laughs> you do that a thousand times a day. <laughs> a thousand reps of that. Like, do you know what I mean? Though, like one hundred and crack one off. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just yeah. it's. I don't see the point in doing that many. After a certain point, mm-hmm. it surely becomes a negative. The where it gets interesting is when you look at like like we always talk about is what. What's your goal? What's your aim? Yeah. Now, Bill, Bill's been a martial artist since 1725. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so he's done martial arts for a lot of years. And if you, if anybody knows anything about combat sports, it's not just about in a sparring match or a com- in any kind of combat term, it's not just about throwing one punch. Now, Scott Harrison at the time... Uh, Scottish boxer years and years ago before he went off the rails with drinking drugs was um, in, a, in training was throwing about 1,000 to 1,200 punches yeah in, in, in a 12 round sparring session yeah um, Joe Kosagi was the same um, his father Angel Kosagi uh, trained on basically speed kills just pop 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 yeah just hammering punches out. so it was a lot of high volume stuff I get so that because that's very sports that, specific then, yeah. Very, very sports specific, yep. So I agree with that. When I've done martial arts, it was just high volume because again, kick, punch, kick, punch, kick, punch, doing thousands yeah. every night. The problem which I soon discovered was, like you say, point of diminishing returns. Now, there were some old kind of hardcore, kind of hardcore old school masters that would talk about doing 10,000 kicks every day. Now, I tried it. Mm-hmm. After a week, I was wrecked. Yeah. Uh, when I was doing, I used to do every push up, kick, punch, sit up, 
burpee, you name it, I would join them with every single class that I taught. So if my first class of the night, maybe first of three or four classes, and the first class had, say, 2,000 kicks in it and 500 push-ups, I'd done all that. And then I would do it all again with the next class. <laughs> and then again, and then I would go home and collapse. <laughs> and it was that kind of, it was like this guy, Iron Rolf, it's like, no, just train through the pain. And it, no, just don't be weak, toughen up and just get on with it. Yeah. And that lasted for, let's see, I managed to keep that up for a good two to three years. Right, okay. And then I just burnt out. Right. Just totally nosedived and just uh, my body was, it got to the point where I went to the gym and I tried to do, I think, 10 push-ups and I could barely do three. I was so exhausted. Yeah. Just totally, my nervous system just went, no, lie down in that corner on a mat and go to sleep for an hour. <laughs> well, uh, being totally honest, it took me about a year to recover. Right. Just, I had to just, yeah, I mean, total strip, I've been right back. And I get, out. well, I was going to say, like, if you, these things are all very well, if you are, like, kind of hardened gym rat anyway to start with but even then like in, yeah. in your case like if you're saying that you would have been in that position of being like great condition and, and PT and Aye. all the rest of it and if it's doing that to you then what what's it going to do to like just guy off the street going oh I'm going to give us a bash this guy seems pure jacked maybe I'll be like that as well and again I, I don't know anything about the guy I've just kind of had a quick look on Instagram there it's a big dude um but, in good shape. He's kept a lot of muscle mass, and it's yeah. But again, like if he's coming from a military background, do you know what I mean? They'll be doing uh, hundreds of that sort of stuff in their PT and stuff like that. Presumably, if he's yeah. in the, looks like he's in a marine, in the, looks like he was in the marines, right? So you got to think they're uh, going to be doing tons of that stuff anyway, and have that mentality to just yes. do it. Just keep going, go, 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 go. Yeah, which is great. So if you can do that and you have that mentality, then fair play, all power to you. But no, yeah, it's, it's not going to be for everyone, is it? Yeah. I mean, when I met uh, Chris Through, the Scottish gymnast, the, when he was the 40-year-old, won the gold medal down in Manchester yeah. at the Commonwealth Games. I met him and I'd done some training with him. And gym, believe it or not, I'd done a wee stint of 6 to 12 months of gymnastics work. Right. God awful at it. But... <laughs> I loved it for the conditioning and the yeah. strength aspect and uh, just to something totally out of my comfort zone in terms of physicality and I remember sitting chatting to him we were stretching at the end and he was like that yeah kind of modern 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 gymnastic realised if you can do three sets of ten you need to make it harder right and they obviously their aim is to develop strength yeah in terms of endurance these people doing thousand burpees they're not doing it non-stop they're not going bang them out they'll do 10 then rest 10 then rest 10 then rest now this is coming from my own experience when now this is my own experience from years of doing it and then changing it and realising that I wasn't getting the best results with it it worked well for a while but like you say you hit in terms of keeping getting that the gains from it and the benefit it dies away pretty quickly. Yeah. And what I then noticed was I was having to mix up my training to really get any form of improvement. 
I mean, the, 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 the improvement markers were minuscule. Right. In order to keep doing that type of training, I was having to go for some people. People go on just insane. Like, right, I'm going to do a thousand push-ups every night. Yeah. And it'd be like four hours on of a timer going every two minutes and banging out ten or twenty push-ups and just doing that through. So we had to doing back squats. Beep beep beep. Up, right down push-ups. Right set back. So beep 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 down do push-ups. Just doing that way. And it became tedious. Yeah. And mind them. Yeah, but again, but, that's that's my issue with any kind of high rep stuff. I, mentally, uh, I'm not in it. I just, I can't deal with it. And that's 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 an what, issue for me. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah. my, my brain just doesn't work it's, that way. It's got to appeal to the mentality for it. Yeah. But from an actual performance point of view, I noticed that I, thought, I don't need to train six hours a day. And at that time when I was training for my black belt and I was second, I was training seven days a week between at a minimum four hours a day, usually I would do one hour, one hour training in the morning, an hour training at lunchtime, and then anywhere from two to four or five hours at night, depending on when I finish my work. Right. And that was Crazy. Monday to Friday. Saturdays and Sundays were spent training seven, eight hours a day. And that was just, it was good at the time. I had the right mindset for it. Yeah. But what was starting to notice was that I was having to do thousands upon thousands of repetitions to, to get any form of benefit. Right, okay. And then again, you hit that plateau and you're going, well, if I'm now having to do 2,000 push-ups or 2,000 kicks in order to get even the remote, tiny bit of benefit, that's now going to eat up until another hour or so of the day and I'm going, this is tiny. The return I was getting on it yeah. was like, put the interest rate from the banks right now. <laughs> you get 2 million in the bank and after a year you get three pence back. <laughs> but you still get 2 million in the bank though. It's still got 2 million back, <laughs> That'd be nice. But what are then, after speaking to, uh, what was his face, um, Chris Frew, uh, or Steve, was Chris or Steve Frew? Maybe Steve Frew, I can't remember, I remember his son, he was through. Really strange gymnastics guy. <laughs> and speaking to him, and speaking to Bill Wallace, who was an American uh, kickbox instructor, you frozen? You just no, no, no. I'm, I'm reading that guy's oh, really Instagram thing. Sorry, I'm just wrapped with you're, attention. You know, Carry on. You were, you were super still there. <laughs> <laughs> the speaking to Bill, Bill Superfoot Wallace as well. The, 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 they two really changed my kind of mindset on on bodyweight training in terms of how to approach it and getting the benefits from it. And like Bill Wallace would do a lot of catches like yeah, yeah. You'll hit that point of dimension returns, focus on the power, so start doing your strengthening exercises and have it more variety because you're just going to wear the joints down. Yeah. And especially if you have sub suboptimal technique, you're just going to wear it down. And that's a big concern. Most yeah. folk, now I've never seen Bill do a push up, I've never seen him do a burpee. I know he's a bloody good lifter mm-hmm. and he knows his stuff really well. So Bill's always kept himself in good shape. So just by that, an educated guess would be his technique's good. Yeah. But if you take Joe Bloggs on the, off the street and get him doing hundreds and thousands of reps, Aye. And the, primary, the primary example of this is, and I don't want to sound sexist, but all the mums, or the stay-at-home mums and girls that were um, took up Metafit when it first burst onto the scene. Right. And it was, I mean, it was, it was mainly targeted, oh, you're a mum, you've been staying at home with the baby all day or the kids, and you've only got half an hour from your husband getting home to get into work to go and do a workout. Metafit's perfect. And it was high volume, high rep, 
and the injuries went through the roof yeah. because they were all doing technique, they were all doing high volume, high intensity exercises on the body, on the body weight. Yeah. But we picked poor technique. And it was amazing the number of folk we got that any time a woman, uh women get in contact and say, Oh, I've been, I've been I've started I've started exercising recently, but I've got a pain in my knee or pain in my, my shoulder. <coughs> I'm like, right, okay, do you do math? Yeah, 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 I go six times a week. <laughs> yep. And you could almost, you could tell, you knew exactly what the technique was going to be like before yeah. you seen it. <clears throat> I mean, even um, in that situation, like if you're doing mega, mega high volume stuff, even if you've got textbook, classic, great technique, you're going to suffer yeah. at one point just because your body can't sustain that amount of abuse. Uh, doing that same movement over and over and over again, it's going to need a break somewhere. And again, yeah. I, I, I am not an expert in this, so I could be speaking massively at a turn, but again, it just it doesn't seem an efficient use of your time. Correct, and that's, that's the key point is, uh, what's your return on investment? Yeah. Why? Are you, the amount of time you invest into doing exercise, what are you really getting back from it? Yeah. Now, bodyweight stuff for general conditioning, if you do it for the first Three, if you do a three months block, you'll get some really amazing returns on it, right? Yeah. So long as your technique is A, good, and B, you work at that high intensity. Mm-hmm. After after about six weeks, first six weeks, you'll get some really good results. The next six weeks, you've really got to continue pushing yourself max effort. Right. If you don't, you're not going to get the benefit. Yeah. After the 12 weeks, I would say you're pretty much pissing right into the wind and it's kind of blown right back on you. <laughs> Is that just because your body starts to get used to it because you're not shifting, like, yeah. you're not changing rep ranges or intensity or weight yeah. or anything like that if you're just doing body weight yeah. stuff? A lot of adaptation. You're going to, your body adapts and goes, okay, we can, we can handle this now. Yeah. Now, when I was training for the Kettlebell World Championships, one of my routines during one of my training blocks to kind of Four weeks, four weeks, the first four weeks was just a lot of bodyweight stuff, just getting the movement, getting the condition up. And on a weekly basis, it would be 10 minutes or 15 minutes of non stop bodyweight squats. Right. And I was hitting something like anywhere between 500 and 750 squats in that <laughs> time frame. Boom, 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 boom. Did it really benefit? I got me fit, but then I started thinking about it well, does that really benefit when I'm trying to lift? say, 48 or 64 kilos above my head for 10 minutes repeatedly. Yeah. Just moving my own body weight. Oh, I'm going to be moving that anyway. How can I change my time? So then I stripped it back, started working with some strength stuff, added in uh, more explosive stuff with the weights as well. I mean, you know, the, you know the kind of quarter squat jumps that you love? Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. Then, and that, really, putting the weight on it. Yeah. Increasing it that way, and the difficulty, that made, that made a much bigger difference in a much shorter time frame. Yeah. Uh, so the first if you can do it, a good bodyweight routine 12 weeks right. you'll get some crack in the house just by doing the same stuff after that you're really you're hitting the point of diminishing returns yeah so um, like in terms of like going back to the burpee thing right I know everyone's going to be different but where would you say is the kind of cut off point in terms of benefit and uh, like reps per day kind of thing because uh, if you're talking about doing a thousand reps a day, man, that's yeah, crazy talk. If you're mega fit, most if you're talking super fit level, a thousand burpees, you're talking I think, 
75 minutes to 80 minutes right. of just doing the one exercise. Yeah. Now, as we've seen, not all burpees are made equal. <laughs> Absolutely. In terms of the execution of how many people do it. Now, which way are you doing it? Are you doing it with the press-up? Are you doing it where you just drop down and land with straight arms? Right. Now, if you're talking about when I was doing it for kettlebells, I would land with straight arms, kick legs out back and keep my arms out straight because I'm working the lockout, so I'm getting used to that. Plus, yep. it was for a conditioning aspect, so I was getting a faster turnover in my legs Yeah. yeah. from kicking out, kicking in and jumping. Right. Are you putting a max effort into your jump? So again, there's so many ways you can vary the burpee. Yeah. That one exercise. So is there a you kind of classic, this is the, the textbook burpee, or does it just depend on what you're trying to achieve? I think the actual textbook, it's like the old argument, it's like one of the kind of oldest arguments in fitness. And I think the burpee, uh, in the textbook ways, you just drop down, straight arms, kick your legs out, kick your legs in and jump. So no, no push-up? No push up. I think that got added in later. Right, okay. I think some people, depending on which cultures, I think the, the kind of Indian wrestling culture were big on the push up and stuff as well. Right. And kind of Hindu push up variations. Right, okay. Um, so it depend, if you want to do, if you want to focus more on your arm strength, add in the push up. If you want to focus more on hammering your legs and your lungs, remove the push up and go with straight arms and go at a faster rate. Right, okay. And focus on a high, if you want to develop the power. Focus on maximum effort. I was going to say, should you be doing like max effort jumping every every rep? Yeah, it's a conditioning, so you want to put that explosive power into it. Yeah, and now, that's that's where it's going to go wrong for everyone though, because they you see people doing them like all the time, and it's total like half-assed attempt at getting off the ground. Yeah, just so they can say they yeah. did their hundred burpees or whatever it was. It's like, well, you did a hundred or something approximating a burpee, but Is how many were actually max effort? Yeah. Now, that tiny hop, you're going, okay. You look like a really, really pale, pathetic Ribena berry. <laughs> well, I kind of... Uh. Yeah. And you're like, come on, what, what, what benefit are you getting? Nothing, no, no. Well, even when they do the kickbacks, you, you think it's standard burpee, you drop down. This is the one without the push-up. You drop down, arms straight on the floor, bracing the body weight through the shoulders, and you kick back. Most folk kick back, and they drop their hips. Yeah. Uh, you kick back and go rigid into a straight arm plank. Aye. You train your core first and foremost and get that tension in the body, lock it. Then kick back in fast and explode. Now, the bit that really pisses me off is you'll see people, they'll kick back, they'll, sorry, they'll kick out into the plank, they'll jump back in, they'll stand up and then go... Yeah. <laughs> from that deep squat position where you're happy, just when you kick, when you come back into that tuck position... Fucking explode as high as yeah, you can. That's where you're going, yeah. As if Brian's just sneaked up behind you. So just shoot <laughs> and you go as high as you can. <laughs> yeah, but again, as you say, how many people in your entire career have you ever seen execute one of them like perfectly? Because gyms are full of people doing the, the half-assed like, hip drop kick out and uh, the standing up the and then doing a wee hop and all the rest of it. Aye, very good. <laughs> So again, uh, surely in that situation, you're better doing a lot less reps as with anything, uh, yeah. a lot less of it, but with better technique and better form. Mm -hmm. Then right. you build up that yeah. solid foundation from there. Right. And you build up with that. I mean, um, same with box jumps. Box jumps is another one where they jump, they land on it, and they jump back down, but they don't stand up. Yeah. And with a box jump, it's not about, you know, oh, I can jump like, 60 inches. Mm. 
Now you can you can jump forty inches, and you can do the other the, the remainder with a really high knee tuck. Yeah. The basic principle of a box jump is that the angle you take your takeoff angle should be the same as your landing angle. If you have to really tuck your knees up much higher than that, yeah, by another 10, 12 inches, it's, it's wasted. Right. Because you've not generated the power to move your hips from A to B. What you've done is you've only went that distance, but you've say for example. 24 inches but you've actually had to tuck your knees up your hips haven't went much higher yeah yeah, yeah. is that so to do with is that to do with triple up. extension oh I fucking love you check you out <laughs> yes <laughs> see yeah. I listen I, do you know what I actually think I'm going to break the lockdown rules I'm going to drive to your house <laughs> kick your door in and hug you <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey mate I'm not handbrake turn here right I'm not entirely up to speed where we are in terms of lockdown restrictions anymore because I've stopped giving a fucking I've just locked myself in the house anyway uh, <laughs> are we allowed to talk to people yet like outside yeah what is, what, is there not some sort of two household can hang out rule or something do we still need to stay apart though or are we allowed like I fist bumps still, and that we, can, we, can still, we can still stay apart but we can still meet up cool that's all right. Just so I know where I stand tomorrow when I come and help you in the gym. Still no man yeah. hugs allowed. What if I dress up like a really pretty woman? Then you're getting bummed. Yeah, baby. <laughs> 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 uh, right, aye. Sorry, I just it popped out of my head. Aye, yeah. um, Pretty much, aye. What were we talking about? Same. Triple extension. Triple extension. So again, you don't, they don't have that power. Same. In, um, just to clarify... What is triple extension? Just in case people out there don't know. Obviously, I know because I said it. But just so, like, Joe Public out there, like, I don't know, whoever, that mark or people somebody. That aren't, people that aren't as intellectually mature as yourself. Yeah, people who don't have their finger on the fitness pulse quite the same as I do, right? Mm. Explain triple extension to them. So triple extension traditionally is the extension of the ankle, the knee, and the hip. That makes sense because you're extending three things. Triple Correct. means three. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right, okay, cool. Uh, however, if you ask Sports Scotland, right, which nobody their does. definition of triple their definition of triple extension is the extension of one of the ankle, knee, and or hip. One, two, or three. Now I'm sorry, but if you only extend one or two, it's not triple. That's single or double extension, then surely. Correct. Aye. And if we, want to get, if we want to get really particularly fussy which you and do. you want to kind of enter the realms of trying to be a bit arsy which, which you we, do <laughs> which we usually love in that realm <laughs> um, if we talk about quadruple extension oh aye here we go so I was making sure I was the extension of which kettlebell lifters will get this on the jerk lift where we're in the right position when you do the jerk yep. and you do your first jerk and then you bump you also do your triple extension through the ankle the knee and the hip correct and then we have that thoracic extension I was going to well. say thoracic extension Ready? I was uh, so you can also talk about that as well and a lot of lifters don't do that they keep their thoracic closed they keep right. it in a state of flexion yeah, that, and then that's... they can land and then they go through so it kind of looks a bit disjointed that's me all the time in a state of thoracic whatever it was the opposite of extension 
Flexion. Flexion. There you go. This is no. me occupationally because I'd sit like that all the time. Um, all right. Okay. Cool. So when you're uh, doing your box uh, jumps and that. So basically, triple, triple extension the standard term of athletic performance. Right. If you look at Usain Bolt, this kind of side-on picture of him when he's running, yeah. compared to other runners, on their stride, he's got that full maximal triple extension. Yeah. You see really opening up the hip. Now, the glutes, huge, powerful muscle. But you see a lot of runners are just pounding and they're staying hunched over the legs. You see him and his legs miles behind him get that full extension Aye. through the hip. That's why he's the best. Yeah, that, that's that's why I remember. That's why I knew what triple extension was because I remember you sitting in your car eating a donut while I was doing sprints outside the gym at one point shouting at me about triple extension. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember sitting in my car eating a donut shouting at you. Ah, it's, it's, it's a fact, mate. It blinded me so many times I sat eating a donut shouting at you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, I, so bodyweight exercise, you... you you and me could do the exact same. You, me, and Bill, right? Take the three of us. Yep. We could, the three of us could do the exact same program. We could be the exact same height, body weight, lever length, almost identical genetics, and we could do the identical program. We could follow the same diet, sleep, lifestyle pattern, and we'll get three massively different results. Yeah. Now, I know people can argue about hormones, age, and stuff like that, but if you take all these factors as equals, and we really just look at the program. How we the, the reason we'll get massive differences is simply in execution of the, each exercise. Right. You may we could say we could do a kind of taps ass photo comparison at the end of say twelve weeks, right? Yeah. And you could look at oh Jesus Christ, Bill, look at you, the shoulders on you, and then it could be like, oh Scott, look at the size of your legs, or Scott or Colin, look at the size of your um, your abs definition. Yeah. And we've, we've all been doing a hundred burpees a day. Bill does it. Bill really focuses on a good push-up. I focus on the leg drive and the vertical jump, and you focus on really nailing that plank position. Yeah. So we're going. To, we can all get massive results. Yeah. What I would say to anybody doing high volume bodyweight stuff is videotape yourself and look at your technique. Mm -hmm. The moment your technique degrades because of fatigue, technique call it a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. A few. Uh We've talked about this with like uh, squatting and benching and all the rest of it. When you feel the technique and your your form going, then that's when you should back it off. Then, aye. Yeah. Cool, right. Um. That being said, go for it, Bill. Let us know how it goes. Huh? <laughs> I want to know how the thousand burpees a day turns out. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's. I think he's been doing a hundred. Don't know if he's been up to a thousand yet. Right. Jeez, oh slacker. Get on with it. Uh, let me just double check the message you say I think, I'm sure he said 100 right, okay. I hope he's doing 1,000 <laughs> be pathetic if he, really 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 pathetic if he's only doing 100 I mean anyone can do 100 <laughs> burpees a day do you know what I mean it's not difficult jeez Brian's probably doing that Brian right? couldn't da, da, da. see he's following the July challenge of doing at least 100 burpees every day right okay oh come on Bill it's only 100 Big man's phoning it in. Up, up your game, mate. Up your game. <laughs> um, I, uh, on, a, on a similar note, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I don't know why I'm going to plug him here, but uh, a guy you know through music and all the rest of it, it's a guy called Al Pugh, right? I do gigs with his yeah. brother more often than not. Do you know Al Pugh? You remember Chris Pugh that used to come in the gym? Yeah, Chris, aye. His brother, right? His wee brother. Yeah. Um, he's doing a thing this year 
he's type one diabetic, right? Um, mm. So he was doing a thing. He's turning. He's turning thirty five this year. So he wanted to do thirty five thousand press ups and seventeen thousand burpees because he's been diabetic for seventeen years, raising money for charity and all the rest of it. So, um, awesome. yeah. So presumably he's just divided those numbers by three hundred and sixty five. Yeah, and just in doing it, but he posts his videos every day, man, religiously doing his push-ups and his burpees. So, yeah, he's doing all right. But again, from watching some reading his posts and stuff like that, he's finding all the same problems like shoulder pain and knee pain and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the problem, this is really, really, really interesting, right? And one of the kind of the kind of scientific part of program design. Uh, which is interesting, I find really interesting is when people do these high volume, like, let's do 30 days of squats. And it's for, I know we're not meant to say Karen nowadays, are we? <laughs> there was a big outcry about using the word Karen, but <laughs> yeah, so Karen chooses to do the, the squat program of 100 squats every day, right? Tighten your but buns in 30 Karen. days. Yes. Mm -hmm. Look at this before and after photo. I don't see any difference. <laughs> and you've got the big problem is that they've came from an untrained background. They're now doing high volume on one movement. Yep. And what happens is there's a few problems that I've seen over the years. Is number one, they're not training the opposing muscle groups. So when you look at program design, you've got like the the agonist, the antagonist, you've got the and then synergistic muscle groups. So you've got if you contract your bicep, your tricep relaxes. Mm -hmm. So they're the kind of they're the opposite muscle groups. So um, if you only train your biceps, you're going to start to get an imbalance there. Same as if you only blow up the tires on the right hand side of the car, you're going to have a problem with your track. So eventually there's going to be additional wear and tear on the car. Yeah. And it's not going to be it's not going to be safe for driving. <laughs> right? If you only replace the tyres on the right-hand side and the ones on the left go bald, <laughs> there's going to be some issues, right? Yeah. If you then think about synergistic muscle groups, so muscle groups that work together. So if you think of a deadlift, you can think your hamstring, your glute, your um, spinal rectors and stuff like that as well. These are all muscles that work together. So if you're doing too much of the same thing, you can be fatiguing all the, the kind of synergistic muscle groups. You can then also be neglecting all the antagonists as well. So if you're training yeah. all the muscles in the front and the mirror muscles, but you're neglecting the back, you're going to, you see this kind of hunched over approach. Yeah. That can create and that can create muscular imbalances further down the line. Right. Not just in terms of strength application, but in terms of how you actually move your body. Everything starts to get pulled out of place. So uh, I think we spoke about kind of balanced strength before that you should be able to deadlift double your body weight. Yeah, and there's yeah, different yeah. ratios they have. So, yep. ideally, I mean, ideally, we should be able to, a grown man should be able to deadlift double his body weight. Right. If not, you can, what they say, he's deemed weak. I think what's more accurate in terms of physical performance, because somebody might not be strong enough to deadlift their body weight, but generally they can be reasonably strong and mega healthy. Yeah in terms of their strength balance. And that's an interesting thing that I'm trying to put. I'm trying, I'm trying to look at loads of different sources. Right. And each source is kind of based on your typical 20 to 30-year-old male. Young, fit, healthy, strong. Aye. So 
But if you've got somebody, so I could say, right, Colin, you can deadlift three times your body weight. Awesome. But you can only squat a 12-kilo kettlebell. <laughs> mm. Straight away, your quad strength compared to your back and the hamstring strength is way out of balance. Yeah. So I think rather than being able to have the deadlift markers of the double body weight, for example, or one and a half times body weight, I think what's a better indicator to use of somebody being physically fit or physically healthy yeah. in proportion is that your deadlift should be, say, one and a half times that of your back squat. Mm-hmm. Your bench press should be, for example, just for Tom's sake, double your done, double your bent over row. Just things like that, right? Aye, These just are just so all relative. My head right now. Yeah. But looking at these things so that it's not a case of calling you 80 kilos, you should be able to bench press 200. Aye. No. If you can bench press 80, I'd expect you to be able to bend over row 40. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. So there's that kind of relative strength in the back. So there's a relative balance mm-hmm. through all the, all the muscle groups. And that's what's really, really important. Now, when you look at uh, doing high rate volumes of a particular exercise, the risk, take burpees, for example, just because we've been talking about it from uh, Bill's suggestion. If Bill is sloppy with his technique and he kind of slouches with all his moving patterns, he's going to get the benefit of the burpee, but he's not going to get the full benefit where if he really tightens up on the plank position when he kicks out, he's strengthening the other muscle groups that would normally be getting neglected. Mm-hmm. And if when he does his vertical jump and he really jumps high and straightens up, he can be tightening up the back muscles. So while they're not getting a great workout, they're still getting something. Yeah. So it yeah, means yeah. some form of balance. Yeah, because that's the big issue that a lot of folk don't do. All they're focused on is the number rather than the quality. That's it, exactly, isn't it? It's just I need to do this number, so I'm going to just grind them out regardless of what they look like. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these times, and I've not, I don't know enough about this guy, Iron Wolf. Um, <clears throat> he seems a bit of a kind of your typical American. Is, yeah, man, train through the pain, hardcore. Yeah, soldier. <laughs> typical, you know, like United States Marine Corps, blah, that tunnel vision. And it's like, yeah, 1,500 burpees is big numbers for bragging rights. Yeah. Now, Sorry, I prefer my, no, that's all right. From my personal preference, a lot of bodyweight stuff is the three sets of 10 and then make it harder. Sorry, I get distracted by golf pictures there. Um, <laughs> golf wanker. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Don't get me started in that shit. Um, what were we saying? Three sets of 10. Three sets of ten, like we've done with the push-ups. Yes. Yeah, and then start adding weight. Right, cool. And it's you would introduce the, the weight and the exercise that you would do. For example, three sets of ten in body weight. Take that off. Now what we do is we go three sets of five with the or four sets of five or five sets of five with um, two and a half kilo plate on your back on a weight vest. Right. And then you gradually build up the volume. So <clears throat> you go back to when you introduce a weight, drop down to about. 30 to 50% volume. So if you're doing three sets of 10, total of 30 reps, 50% volume is 15 reps. So that's why you would get the three sets of five. All right, so okay. What that does is it allows you to slowly and safely adapt to the new weight. Right, okay. So you don't, we wouldn't slap a 10 kilo plate on your back and still get you doing a total of 30 reps. Jerry would. <laughs> 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 You're right, Jimmy, Speaking of high reps, um, 
Ah, right, okay, that's interesting then. Because, like, in my head, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of Jerry in it there. I would, if I was just saying, all right, I've done three sets of 10 body weight, I'm going to add weight, I would still probably do three sets of 10 just with, like, a two and a half kilo plate or something. Yeah. A lot of folks do I wouldn't that. add 10 <clears throat> or 20 straight off the bat, certainly, yeah. but... And what's interesting is it's uh, not just the muscles being you think about, but the ligaments and the tendons. Mm. So it's time for them to adapt with that new, with the new weight on it. Yeah. And remember the program we done where we kind of cycled the reps between like it was like five sets of eight, then four sets of like six. Yes. And with the habit you're increasing the weight, so you keep your it's oh, it's not just about sets and reps. It's looking at the total tonnage or the total volume that you're putting your body through. Yeah. Uh, that that routine hurt my head, man. Because I could never work out which bit I preferred. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It would, it would, it would vary. It's like, oh, this is, this is lighter, but I need to do like eight reps. Oh no, it's really heavy, but I only get to do three or four. It was just nah, like this constant, say, constant battle of what I hated more. I definitely preferred the Monday and the Tuesday, the Thursday where we were short on time. And Aye. it was a kind of... That's a slightly higher rate. That was disgusting. It was nasty, aye, because you ended up like super setting uh, a lot of stuff in there as well. Aye. Which is always an enjoyable experience. Especially when there's split squats involved in your <laughs> Yeah, right enough, eh? Because <laughs> uh, uh, ligaments and tendons take a few weeks longer to build up than the, or to adapt in the muscles. Yeah. So your first, when you're doing your program, the first couple of weeks, <clears throat> you don't go gung-ho. You feel great, aye. But really, use the first two to four weeks to really ingrain good technique. Right. So that in four or five weeks' time, when you do start to ramp up the weight and the volume, you've given your ligaments and tendons time to adapt safely to it. Yeah, I'll bear that in mind when you reopen. It's the big thing about the gymnast you talk about the Iron Cross. In fact, we need to get Douglas on with a Commonwealth gymnast. Well, Um, getting on to talk about the, the current scandal in gymnastics just now. Yeah, have you seen Project A? I haven't, no. I, I read about it when I read that news article last night saying about oh, the British man. gymnasts and stuff. Well, we'll get, we'll get Vic, uh, Vicky on it because she was a rhythmic gymnast for Scotland at the right. Commonwealth Games in India and Glasgow. Right, okay. Uh, cracking lassie. Um, and actually, <clears throat> I kind of I helped her with an abuse case as well with the, her coach just sat on her back and broke it. Yeah. What? Aye, brutal, absolutely brutal. That's wild, but, man. I'll uh, watch it. Is that on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Project A, don't watch it with Lucy. No, no danger. <laughs> no, I, I would even watch it with Fee. There was a bit, I was watching it and Kirsty was sitting kind of in the background, kind of listening to me. But yeah. um, the professor, uh, Dr. Nassar from America, oh, you would just murder him. Really? He talks, was what I think he said, or. Um, he basically said that some of the stuff in order to do the stretching and all that you had to go internally into some of the girls what and one of the girls one of the girls was like that. yeah I mean I, I was sitting there getting like we used to get like four or five um, massage treatments a day and that because we were getting put through for the national team and getting the training was brutal and you know my mum was sitting in the room but uh, so she never said then so I just assumed it was okay but what the guy was doing right was see but the, the way you're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Imagine I'm the, the therapist here, and he was blocking the view of the mother. Oh, jeez. So he's got the leg, he's got the leg lifted up, stripping the muscles and all that, doing the adjustments. 
And then and the girl goes like that, yeah, so he would be like, he'd have my leg up in the air doing the adjustment and all that, and then he would just stuck his fingers into my vagina and stuff. And, you know, my mum wasn't, and I thought, oh, oh. No, that, that's not right. And, yeah, uh, and my mum wasn't saying anything, so I just thought that, I thought that was okay. These are young Jesus. lassies that are like, ranging from eight years old up to like early teens, and you're like, Phew. That's terrifying. I, I actually felt sick by the end of it. I'm like, you know what, I feel a little bit sick and disturbed it. Aye. Aye, totally. That's just... <clears throat> it's a grim watch. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll get there into it at one point, certainly, but I was just... I read that. Watch it and then line up, a good, line up a good Disney movie for the end. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I saw the news thing, news article about it last night. I was reading through it, but it sounds pretty intense, man. No. I get that these things, you need to be pushed if you want to be the absolute best in the world at something. You need to be pushed, but there's a line. <laughs> there's a very yeah, clear line. line. Yeah. Of what you yeah, can and can't do. Line. Um, I no, that's that sounds terrifying, and also it sounds endemic throughout the sport. Elite sport, elite sport is rife with it. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing that that shocked me was when I ran my martial art class for kids. The amount of parents were like, "Right, I'll just drop the kid off. Right, I'll be back in an hour or so." And I went, like, "You know what? You stay and watch. Oh, we can stay." Yeah. I went, yeah. Oh, any other club we ever took our children to have said they're not allowed, they're not allowed to stay. Yep. And I went, no, 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 no. And I went, my rule is that any parent can sit at the side and watch. Yep. Where, I went, where I was teaching originally at the Palace of Art with the big glass windows, and I went, sit there's sofas outside you can sit on, so if there's anything you ever feel uncomfortable with there, and then when I got my own job set up, I put sofas out, and I went, guys, you can sit on the sofa and watch. Yep. Um, and totally support your kid, but you know, it's part of my child's child protection program. I'll make sure it was for you, yeah, for your safety as well. Yeah, absolutely. Aye. We because took even like, aye, sorry, on you go, on you go, mate. It's good. Um, no, like when Lucy was three, maybe three and a half or something like that, um, we took her down to sort of local gymnastics place, just gymnastics school mm. or whatever, down at the sports center, and like she's just a wee tot, right. Um, took her in and they were kind of coming up towards a show or something that they were playing, planning for or whatever right and we're like listen she's interested and she wants to kind of get involved and stuff uh, like for, first of all we walked in and we stood there and nobody who was in charge of no. running it came up to speak to us at all so like 10, 10 minutes later or whatever Fee went over to say like eh, hi we're interested in our kid joining kind of thing like alright I eh uh, Aye, right, okay. Um, we're just in a, we're just about to do a show in a couple of weeks, so I leave her and come back and get her an hour and we'll and see how she gets on. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> it's like, do you want a number in it and that? I leave it if you want. <laughs> like, tell you what, shove up your ass, right? Not a chance. Uh-huh. Yep. It's just like, but again, uh-huh. that situation, like, like, because we Fee was like, can we wait and watch? Like, no, you can't. Nobody's allowed to stay and watch. It's like, well, no. <laughs> see you uh-huh. later on. Because that, it's just shocking. There was a martial arts instructor down in Boston in Lincolnshire in England who told a couple of young girls that, you know, if you want to get your black belt, I can give you special lessons. Um, he then told, you, know, you can bring them to my house and I'll train them in my big garden hut and stuff, right? No. Now, if that was me, I'd be like, right, okay, fine, but I'm sitting watching. Aye. Because I'm going to be there because I thought, right, okay, that's strange. 
but I would then go, all right, I'm going to make sure I watch. He then told the parents, no, you can't watch because I'm preparing, I'm teaching them their black belt syllabus. This is um, it's reserved for only black belts and we can't have anybody present. That guy spent three years sexually abusing those two girls. That's, that's A, utterly horrific, right? Obviously. And B, stupidity in the parents. What the fuck are the parents thinking? They should yes. just have immediately been, no, mate. Not a chance. My daughter's coming with me and also I'm reporting you to the cops because that sounds Aye. all kinds of shady and wrong. Aye. That's terrifying. It's frightening. You, I mean... Ah, you got to question the, the the sense of some parents in situations like that. I get there's probably a lot of pressure on them, like the kids are desperate to get involved and stuff like that, but they need to know... You have to know as a parent, like, no, that's well shady. Like, we knew as soon as we took Lucy into that place that night, there was just a vibe. I'm not saying there were pedos or anything, right? But just the whole vibe of the place was off. From the people running it to the folk who were actually there. It's a lack of professionalism. Yeah. Just the fear of things and I was like, all right, don't do this, don't do that. I mean, when Abby started going to netball, the first thing I said was, all right, what do they do for a warm-up? Even Abby went, "Mm, they don't really do much of a proper warm-up. Yeah. Now I know she said me drilling it, not drilling it, but try to educate the yeah. rest as possible in terms of what to do. And she's like, mm. and when I watched them, I'm like, there, was, there was loads of things I'm going right. This, and they're regarded as a really good netball outfit, but from a coaching standard point, I'm like that. Yeah. This is worrying. Um, there was times that <clears throat> I took my boy, I took Logan to uh, rugby one night. And this club they've been going to, and what? And I'm, what do you, and his mum's like, oh, he loves it, he loves it, he loves it. Didn't seem like he loved it to me. The coaches were screaming at boys. I think we spoke about it. The coaches yeah. were screaming at boys that if you drop the ball, the whole team gets 10 push ups. Three minutes later, he's screaming at the boys, complaining that nobody's putting them, making themselves available for a pass. Now, well, nobody wants to be the guy that dropped the ball. Yeah. Then. One of the boys was doing push-ups, and bear in mind, <clears throat> the age group they had was between raised between six and twelve. So yeah. massive physical ability differences yeah. and maturity levels. And the coach was standing with his foot on one of the kids' backs, pushing them down into the ground for the push-ups. Jesus. And I remember walking over, I was like to one of the dads, and oh, look at that, new dad's like, oh, look at that, my, my son needs discipline. Yeah. That's your son, and you're happy for a coach to put his foot in his back. And I went on, like, Logan, um, you've been funny for that. Shaking his head, no, it was, it was an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Again, situations like that, it's probably difficult as well if it's wee boys and stuff like that, because dads want that sort of rough and tumble, ah, oh, he's a wee boy, he needs to toughen up or whatever else, get him involved in this. And they've probably played rugby at school or something, and they want their, they want their boy to follow in their footsteps and all the rest of it. And half the problem is, again, problem, he says, know nothing really about these sort of things, right? It seems to me that a lot of the, the coaches in inverted comma in inverted, inverted commas in these situations mm-hmm. are just parents, man. And it's yeah. great that they're helping out and volunteering their time. Volunteers but are great. Aye. It's it's what keeps the these things going. But at the same time, again, it's using a bit of common sense as to who does what and how you do it. Do Aye. you know what I mean? If you don't have the, the it would be like I wouldn't want to volunteer to go and coach someone because I'm not a coach. Aye. You can help, like. You can help support the numbers in terms of, right, if they're running down and you've got to throw a ball to them, things like that. Aye, fine. And they've got to catch it and sprint. Basically things like that, but the actual coaching aspect. Yeah. No, it's, it's got to be done by coaches. Yeah. And the problem is, 
the, the kind of coaching pathways in Scotland and, and the UK are shocking. They're almost non-existent. Right. And when you do look at some of the courses, it's absolute bull. Really? Uh, some of the, I mean, some of the coaching pathways for certain sports are shocking. Like even rhythmic gymnastics and Vicky, if we get her on, she'll talk about it. That they can only be a certain, it can only be up to level two, but they can't get past that because there's no other qualified coaches in, in Scotland or in the UK to teach them. Right. And there's like another two or three levels, but they're not allowed to then and going overseas to get the qualification over there because it's not um, it's not the UK governing body <laughs> just what? bureaucracy gone mad hi I mean I, I've seen some of the courses and there's a couple of guys contacted me about they were doing the it was a kind of level one rugby coaching and they were asking about some of the exercises and I went right so what are you told to do in terms of conditions they get oh we get them to do uh, um, uh, we, we do a warm up I went what's the warm up oh we just get them to um do like two laps of the pitch. Aye. And I went, this is Scottish rugby, level one, teaching them to be coaches. Right, did they actually teach you about push-ups? I just tell you to do a push-up. I don't know how to do push-ups. And I went, no, no, they don't. And you see them, all the boys, and they, they don't, they don't, I mean, I watched their practice and they never done, this was in the middle of winter, it was freezing. They didn't do, they ran sideways across the pitch and back, that was a warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> no stretching no preparing you're like right okay and it was just so badly done aye and that my friends is why Scotland shite at sports aye the the best coaching pathway I've seen so far is in Badminton when I've done my coaching badge and that the the structure they've got is phenomenal really that was real it's the first time I've been in a course and I came away going wow right but really really well done because it wasn't one of it was the first course I've ever been on where it wasn't a case of you just had to do the exercise and it was a tick in the box exercise right Colin oh you were able to hit the shuttlecock well done you know the difference between a smash <laughs> and a drop shot right okay or a drive and you're like right okay right fine so just because you can do it doesn't mean you can coach it yeah it was the first course I went on where the coach actually went and he pulled every single person out to teach the drills and the exercises. Yeah. And then, if you'd done something good, he would talk about it. Like, what, what Colin done really well here was he positioned himself well to the crowd uh, or to the, to the audience, so he made sure he was the most important thing in their line of vision. Yeah. Oh, what Scott done really badly was he was um, uh, he was quite hesitant in what he was saying. He didn't really know what he was teaching. He would, and he would go through and ask what you would do in this instance. Oh, well, you've got an odd number here, so what you could do is change it to this. And it was such an, it was, I think it was four or five hours, or seven hours worth. Right. Uh, ten, ten to five. And it was just seven hours of, wow. Aye. Well, that, that's, really that's the difference though. It's, it's teaching people to teach properly. Aye. That's why in any form of education, whether it's sport or um, uh, in school or whatever else, there's a, there's a massive difference between being good at something yourself and actually being able to teach it. And all oh. too often, there, there's no distinction made there because you get people, again, coaches, whatever, who go, oh, I was brilliant at this sport when I was wee or when I was before I got a real job and life caught up in me or whatever. I'll be able to teach mm -hmm. that no bother or coach that no bother. It's like, well, not necessarily. It's oh. a very different thing. You're not playing the sport when you're coaching it. You're coaching it. Yeah. <laughs> same as, like, that. same as 
me teaching drums or whatever, um, or someone in a classroom, if you don't have the, the manner and the, the right attitude to it and the right ways to do it, and that, that just comes through you being taught and you having the experience as well. Yeah. Like, well, I'd, I'd be as guilty of it as anyone else. When I first started teaching, I didn't have a clue what I was doing because I was still at uni. You just go and in you, and you, you... I was just winging it. <laughs> it's just like, I've learned this at uni today. Do you want me to teach you it? Whereas the more experience you get, the more you start to learn, this is how you need to structure things. This is, like you say, yeah. where's the best place to stand here when I'm teaching or whatever right. else? Just little things like that. That unless you're properly it, coached yourself, then you just don't know. Because that's, it's one of the reasons that I position myself at the back of the gym, no up near the wall. Because if we get the roller door open, people are looking up at me if I'm coaching, they're not looking outside at cars going past or people going past. So yeah. I know that I can 19 out of 10 maintain their focus. Right. Better than if I stand down another way. Aye. Um, and it's just, it's just little things like that. And where you position yourself that if I'm, uh, if I'm coaching a certain exercise, I'll move my body, I'll put myself in a position where, like if I'm coaching a deadlift, very rarely will I stand front on. I'll be 45 to side on so I can actually see the set position. Yeah. If you're coaching different exit, you've got to position yourself, not, you've got to position yourself in the right way that you can see the most important aspects of the exercise. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing, the, when I'd done my very first kettlebell certification, that it was two days of 12 hours each day. Right. And not once did we have to actually teach the exercise. <laughs> 24 hours to become a coach and you didn't have to teach yeah that's just showing up and paying the money isn't it uh, and uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed by any time I've taught my kettlebell courses uh, for coaches is that when they go to teach an exercise they stand still and right. the one thing I would draw that move around them because when you're, right, if you're standing front on you can't see if their back's bending or they're hinging properly yeah. walk around them and and every single person, when they started moving around, I'm like, wow, you see so much more. I'm going, aye. I mean, but these are the little things yeah. that you pick up as a coach. It's not a case of just because you can do, doesn't mean you can teach. Yep, absolutely. Look at, look at Alex Ferguson, one of the best football managers ever. Yeah. But wasn't that good a footballer? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is it. It's just... Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just finding your niche when you're actually doing, doing what you do. Um, no, and, and having the humility to go, do you know what? This isn't for me. If you mm-hmm. if you find yourself in that position, and in, in whatever area, if you get to that point where you're going, do you know what? Just, uh, te- teaching or coaching isn't my bag. Do you know what I mean? I loved playing the sport or I loved playing the instrument, whatever yeah. else. But I've tried the teaching thing and mm, nah, going to back mm. off. Don't, don't just do it. Don't just, just, what was that? Don't flog a dead, dead horse. Yeah, don't, <laughs> all too often. Then again it'll be the same in sport as it is in music people just find themselves in a job where they're getting paid good money to do something and even whether you think you're good at it or you know you're right at it or you hate it or you love it don't just do it because it's a job and if that's detrimental to someone you're supposed to be trying to improve then that's not a good thing it's not the number one priority for any coach of any discipline whether it's music any format or well, essentially, we're all educators. Yeah. You're trying to educate somebody to become better. And the moment, and our number one priority or moral obligation is their improvement, their welfare and improvement. Yeah. If, if we are giving them a substandard service and we know about it, that's the biggest crime, the fact that we know that we're shit at something. Yep. I'm not going to 
I would never take on a PT client and go, right, guys, I'm going to teach you how to do a backflip when I can't do a backflip myself and have no idea what I'm teaching. Yeah. I'm not going to about that. No, you might go and um, speak to Douglas because he can teach you. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I think it's the biggest thing that uh, years and years ago, Guy Ray and Tommy has um, brought up, Scott, one of the most important lessons I can give you is know what you know and understand it really, really well. But also, more importantly, be aware of what you don't know and know when not to accept it and when to go and seek help. Yeah. Or pass up the opportunity for money. Yeah. Because it'll come back. Because people, yeah, you might get, say, a couple of hundred quid off somebody to coach them through this thing just now, but 10 weeks down the line, they'll leave you. <clears throat> 10 weeks down the line, they spend a couple of hundred pounds. 10 weeks down the line, they realise that you don't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah. And after those 10 weeks, Everybody they talk to, it's like, ah, did, I thought you were trained to do this. Yeah, I can't do it, but you were getting a PT. Yeah, it turned out the guy was bull. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that that one conversation will just spread like wildfire. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's that, if we were talking about last time, it's that thinking long-term instead of just short-term gains mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. If you just right. see the paycheck for 10 weeks worth without thinking that could wreck my career further down the line, or have a yep. massively detrimental effect in your career further down the line, it's not worth it. Yep. Just don't, no don't as discussed last week, don't take the easy way out. Don't be a dick. Don't be, don't be a dick. <laughs> 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 Rounding off the same way we do every week. Yeah. Um, I think we need to come up with a t-shirt design. Right, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not at all creative in that respect. No, I mean it. I would, say, I would say get Abby to do it because she's really creative, but I don't know if you want her designing a T-shirt that says don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, my luck should model a dick and put my face on know, or something. Yeah, I was you. thinking that could go very, very badly wrong. Um, no, I, I know, we do need to oh, get some it. podcast merch. I need to tell you about uh, Wee Brody. So we're all sitting, go. a few weeks ago, we're all sitting, in fact, it was Father's Day. Yep. Father's Day, we're all sitting around the, the fire pit. Yep. Playing the harmonica and just having a laugh with them, right? And I was like, da, 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 da. and then they had to do a wee line each side, yeah. and they're trying to make it rhyme. And it came to Brody, and he's like, oh, I don't know. And Kirsty's like, right, Brody, really? Try to think what rhymes with lock. And it was like, they were going along the lines of the song, like, we bought a new house, it's on the lock. And um, and then Brody's like, oh, I know, but and, uh, and Kirsty went, Brody, really, really think what rhymes with lock? He went, cock. <laughs> 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 I blame my parents. Kids being dragged up. That's not a word that I say. (laughs) Aye, aye. Um, That's brilliant. How is the old harmonica playing? I've not had any updates from you for a while. I'm working on it. I'm hitting a wee sticky point just now. All right. Fair enough. Come back to all the revisiting all the basics again and work my way through, seeing where I'm sticking and stuff. But always sound advice. Mm-hmm. That's it. Revisit the basics. And nice. The success of playing it is getting better. What in terms of? <laughs> it's not taking me seventy-five attempts to play a tune. <laughs> I had a proper crisis of faith yesterday, man. I played. I played golf in the morning. It was utter shite, right? Then I came home and I was doing some recording. And it was just, it was utter shy. I, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, to me, like obviously, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably totally fine. But 
I just, I came, <laughs> I came out my room, I was in there for about an hour and a half, man, and I walked upstairs, like two of them were sitting playing like Lego Lord of the Rings on the computer or whatever, and I just kind of stomped upstairs and huffed face down into the couch. <laughs> Fee's like, you alright? Like, no. No. Crap at golf and I'm crap at drums. <laughs> She's like, shut it. <laughs> Keys a break. Yes, you're crap at golf. You're fine at drums. But yeah, I did proper, proper breakdown yesterday, man. So then that's that, me. That, that like, picture is posted on you and Lucy. Yeah. She's more, she, you're doubling that picture and I'm like, oh, poor lassie. Nah, I don't see it, man. She looks like Fee. She's got my temperament, I'll tell you that. <laughs> she's, got, she's an arsehole. Nah, pretty much, man. <laughs> eh? She's got my, my stubborn, stubborn streak, certainly. Um, but nah, she Is that way that she's such an awesome kid, generally speaking, but the moment she has to deal with me, oh, mate, she's an arsehole. I honestly. <laughs> You don't know how, you you got it easy. You want to try playing golf with her? It's brutal. No, I'm I am shocking at golf, so I'm not even You and me both. I'm that's part of the problem. Press. I'm alright at bench press and she ripped me to bench press. <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna attempt golf. It's like, it's it's like, company. <laughs> it's like there's a couple of examples the past couple of days, man. I had a pure shiter yesterday and she's like, What was that? <laughs> it's like proper just savagery and then this morning the three of us were out and uh, my first tee shot, right? Smashed it. Beautiful shot right down the middle. And she just walked by me, cool as you like. Like, it's the last time that's going to happen this morning. Charge it before the battery dies. All right, nice. I'm legging it through. <laughs> <laughs> but she was just like, well, that's the last time that's going to happen today. It's like utterly belittling me in one sentence. So, think yourself lucky, mate. If we go and play jumps, what was that? <laughs> That was bear coming out of your licking you in the ear. Aye, so if, if Brian comes to play golf with me, I'm taking her so she can just rip him. <laughs> Do you know what? We should the four of us should go for a game one day. <laughs> me, Brian, you and Lucy, and it's the three of us against Lucy and I get bet we'll still get beat. <laughs> Probably I. She's actually doing really well, man. Um I get I think she's got that she's got that asshole mentality that she'll do it just to beat you. Yeah, no, I totally actually takes great delight in playing better than me, yeah. Okay, so, no. so I'm just, I'm very aware. Like everything I tell her and every every student and every kid not to do, I find myself doing <laughs> because I'm I'm crap at it. Like this morning mm-hmm. she was a friend and I hit like three shitters in a row and just like absolutely slammed my club to the ground and just walked away in a half. <laughs> <laughs> but then the next hole I'm like right Lucy don't worry about it it's fine you had a wee bad shot there just just play through it the next one's going to be a good one just forget about it and then I'm just raging about the place you know <laughs> Marvel has to spend 15 grand renewing their golf course because you trashed it <laughs> just absolutely like just huffing about like a petulant toddler having said that mm-hmm. I did take 7 strokes off my 18 holes today so that's good I got better you were stroking your hole stroking my hole 18 times um, yeah no I was better today this is just going to be my weekly golf how crap am I segment slightly less crap than last week is the answer hey, so that's hey, not as shit yeah. uh, right you appear to be in your bed which is making me uncomfortable so I'm going to go it's where my phone charger is aye aye whatever put it away oh, oh. ew oh. Oh, that's horrible you put on weight, eh? 
No. <laughs> Ciao, Jerry. <laughs> oh, we need to get Jerry on. Right, we need to get Jerry on. And basically, this episode or Jerry's episode will be sponsored by Baby Gap. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I like that I got an invite for Garden Whiskey, but you didn't. I, I noticed that. Yeah. See? Runy. <laughs> but then I politely declined his request to go and climb a hill beforehand. <laughs> I, he's like that, mate. Just take your day off. And I went, well, considering I'm working, I work seven days a week, but the Sundays are basically where I write all the programmes on it. And I've got kids for half the week. And I need to work, do video calls the other six days. I'll just take a day off. I'm like, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> no days off for you. No, like, business owner. Oh, speaking of days off, go. I, I got woken up this morning uh, to a phone call. That mobile number, I'm like, oh, this? I'm like, hello. Uh, he's like, yes. Um, see that you put in a quote for um, for life insurance through um, Compare the Market? And I went, oh, yeah. And he went, so have you ever thought about being ill or dying? <laughs> and I went, <laughs> What? I'm, I'm still half asleep at the time. I'm like, eh? I went, ah, I mean, I'm, I'm self-employed, so I, I, I'm not allowed to be ill. And yeah, I do know I'm going to die at some point, but I don't really think of, what if I died next week? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's a bizarre one, isn't it? And the guy burst out laughing and he's like, oh, sorry, I, I didn't realise it. Was, sorry, I just realised the way I've come across it. I went, I'll think about being, about being dying. ill and dying. Well, I mean, in this climate, yes. Oh uh, man, mental. All right, you done? He's like, I mean, could you could be off sick, uh, off sick work with a, like a broken leg, or you know, you could have cancer. <laughs> Mate, has anybody ever told you you've got a really shitty bedside? <laughs> <Yeah>, totally. <laughs> I, here's one of a thousand ways you could die horrifically in the next six months. I, I turn around, Kirsty's looking at me, as if to think, why, why is there some random guy phoning you talking about you dying? <laughs> it's an ex-client. No. <laughs> it's Mikey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey. Hiya, Mikey. If I'm you're listening. I miss Mikey, big guy. I hope Everybody still misses listening. Mikey. Yeah. Hey, we should tag Mikey in the, in the blob for this podcast to make sure he listens. <laughs> make him right. sit through like an hour and 10 minutes worth just to say hello at the end. We'll need to get Douglas on yes. with the gymnast. We need to get. Vicky on talking about Project A, I think that could be quite a brutal episode. Aye. And we need, we need to organise a whiskey night where we do the interview with Bill. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's a mental martial art training. That'd be cool. I should get Jerry on for that one, if there's whiskey and martial arts chat. No, no, but we need the listeners to understand. That's fine, because... <laughs> you could do, like, audio, audio, audio description or something. We need, to do a, we need to do a video podcast for that one and then put subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right, uh, aye, Bill, let us know how the burpees go, right? We're keen to know. Yes. Uh, and everyone else. Get in touch, Bill. Everyone else get in touch as well, just because we like to chat to you. Get in touch. It'd be very nice. Uh, Ask us questions. You know where to find us. Yeah. And if you don't know where to find us, where can you find us, Scott? In my house. It's been that long since we've actually said <laughs> this. I don't long. remember. Yeah. Um, SM Performance Training on Instagram. And uh, you can find Colin at Drummer Chimp on Instagram. 
and the podcast is at Gains and Pains G52. Yeah. Have a nice week, everyone. I'm going for a And remember, don't be a dick. <laughs> Always don't be a dick. Right, bye. Let's start, let's start the campaign. Oh, let's start said campaign. bye. Stop interrupting me. I've said bye no, now. No, no, no. But this is like one of the things you say bye to your pals and it takes 15 minutes bye. to get out the front door. No, you hang up first. I love you, no, more. you hang up. Right, what, you, hurry man. up. What is it? Let's start a campaign. Hashtag don't be a dick. <laughs> you need to start, yeah, you need to start hashtagging that on the uh, when you post the thing. Did you post the thing trending, about it yesterday? Trending most on Twitter, hashtag don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's more relevant in today's society than ever before, let's be honest. Oh. Do it. Start hashtagging people, right? Uh, do you want to hurry up and say bye? Bye. <laughs>